Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and find your seats. I love that you love each other so much. It's good. It is good. It is good. Before I get into the message this morning, I want to draw your attention to a couple things. Uh, First, I want to say thank you to all the men who came to breakfast uh, yesterday. Men's breakfast was awesome. Uh, It was so good to see you there. And so, we do these once a quarter at least, and so make sure you catch the next one. Also, we want to invite you out every Monday at 632 Last Call. It's our men's group. We have a great time. Uh, and so, guys, we need each other. And so I just pray that you get connected as much as you can as well. Speaking of connection, uh, maybe you've never got to know us or we've got to know you. We would love to get to know you a little bit. So if it's your first time here or you've been here for a while and haven't had an opportunity connect to connect with us, in front of you in your chair, there should be a little QR code. Um, if you're familiar how to work those, you just line your camera up with it, and it's going to bring up a link. If you click on that link, it's going to give you a couple options. One of those is connect. And so if you want to click on that, fill out that form for us. Uh, we want to get to know you. We want to pray for you. But also we want to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. And so it's a good gift, all right? So you want to fill that out. Also, uh, we don't take up offerings during service, but uh, feel free to give. There's some boxes in the back, or you can scan that QR code to give as well. And thank you for your uh, tithes, for your offerings. Uh, Because of that, we're able to have a nice warm building on a very cold day. So thank you for that. Uh, It's very good. And also, we got some things going on at the end of service. We're going to have some baptisms. Yeah? Always good. And I want to welcome the online family guys that are watching today because it might be too cold to get out. You're welcome. And thank you that you're here today. Um, Today is going to be about prayer. How do we pray? Why do we pray? Uh, What do we pray? Some of those things. Today's really more of a clinic than a sermon. There's going to be, it's maybe sermon-esque. I can't help myself, but it will be more of a teaching on how to pray, uh, the obstacles of prayer, because prayer life, our prayer life, is the most vital thing in our faith. If you're a believer, prayer is a privilege. It is something that we get to do. It's not something we have to do. And so often, uh, I feel like we come to it as, as, a, as a have to. Like, man, I have to pray today. I didn't pray yesterday. I need to pray today. And, and we don't see the opportunity and say, I get to go and speak to the king today. I get to go enter in to the creator of the universe and get to know him. He wants to know me. I want to know him. It's a privilege to pray. The fact that God even hears us or wants to hear us in the first place is just, it blows my mind. And, and so today we're going to talk about the privilege of prayer and how important it is to pray. I think we know it's important to pray. I mean, it's evident. When we started these 21 days of prayer last week, Monday morning, we had 40 people in here. That's awesome. Like, it's dwindled a little bit. It's okay. You know, I get it. But still, I remember the first time we started these 21 days of prayer, and it was, it was me and, some, and Christian and some of the other staff, I think Karen, and, and maybe two people. And, you know, at first, like, man, why are you even doing this? People aren't showing up. But I found that as I showed up, I got closer to God. Like, I didn't count. Like, I had to be here to open up the building. And sometimes I came for you guys, and we came for you guys. But by the end of it, I was coming to meet with God. Like, that was something. As soon as I entered the door, it's like, it's like you said, I'm so glad you're here today. And, and so that's something to keep in mind. I know some of you can't be here at 630. I get that. But please pray at home. Uh, there's something about praying corporately. That's everybody together. That's that more corporately mean. There's something about praying as a church that brings power. 
And God expects his church to pray. He tells us to pray. We need to pray. It's good to pray. But so often we don't pray. The, the passage that we're digging into today is Hosea 10, 12. That's the package passage for the whole, uh, for the whole uh, series that we're doing in, on these 21 days of prayer. So last week we talked about fasting, what that looked like, what that didn't look like, how we're supposed to do it. Many of you are fasting. Many of you have asked me lots of questions about fasting. And so that's good that you're asking questions. That means you're actually going to do something about it. And so I'm so glad that you asked those questions. Today we're talking about prayer. Next week we're going to talk about the importance of worship. And so I hope you can make that one as well. And so here's the passage for us to think about while we go into prayer. It's Hosea 10, 12. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it'll be up on the board. Uh, can you go and stand for the reading of the word? I didn't get to do this last service, but it's important. Here's what the prophet Hosea says through Jesus, or through the Father. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Father God, I thank you for this message today. Lord, I pray that it would shake us. Lord, I pray that it would break off the hard parts of our hearts. God, I pray that it would remove the obstacles for our prayers. Lord, I pray that it would get rid of the excuses for why we don't pray. And God, I pray for those today that feel like you don't care or you don't listen or you're mad at them and they can't come pray to you, that by the end of today, Lord, they would understand your love for them. We thank you, God, that you meet us. We thank you, God, that you want us to pray, that you invite us to pray. And Lord, what an honor to be here today. And so, Father, uh, I pray that you would help me to speak this, that you'd open the hearts to hear uh, and the hearts to receive and the ears to hear in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may have a seat. So while we were doing the 21 days of prayer this week, I was sitting over there and I was thinking about prayer and I wrote this down. To pray is to sit in the lap of a loving father where we are fully accepted. To pray is a privilege. Prayer is an invitation for us to know our maker. Nothing can replace prayer. Nothing can move mountains like prayer. Nothing opens our hearts like prayer. Prayer is like oxygen to the soul. It is life to the body, and it is peace to the mind. Wholeness comes through our prayer life. And I think about when I pray or when you pray or when anybody prays, what happens when we pray? There is a peace that comes to our mind. When we enter in into the Father's presence, when we start to pray, there's a peace that comes to our mind. But there's also something that happens in our soul. There's a rejuvenation of our soul. There is some new life that starts to flow. Life, life, life doesn't seem so bad. Life doesn't seem so hard. It gives us hope. But more than that, there's something that happens to our body. There is some life that comes to our body. So prayer really affects the whole part of us. And I think so many believers compartmentalize prayer to just spirituality. But really, prayer encompasses our whole life, our mind, our body, and our soul. And prayer is a privilege. It's, it, like I said, it's like, it's like getting on the Father's lap and just telling him about your day, telling him what you need, telling him what you want, telling him how much he means to you. This is the beauty of prayer. And so many people fail to pray. So many people fail to enter into that prayer life. So many people don't see prayer as a privilege, but also maybe as a chore. And I'm going to talk to you today about the reasons why many people don't pray and hopefully demystify some of those reasons that we don't pray. But then also by the end of it, I'm going to teach you how to go through the Lord's Prayer and how to pray that prayer together. We're going to pray that together. So I'm just preparing you for that as well. And so why are, some, why are there some reasons that we don't pray? And so Here's some reasons I've listed why we don't pray as we ought to. Here's the first reason. And this is really, I think, the biggest one. People make it harder than it needs to be. You make prayer all harder than it should be. Like prayer should be simple. It should be just as natural as breathing. But I think, I know from my own experience, when, when I was learning to pray, when I first came to faith, I didn't know what to pray. 
I'm like, do I use King James Version like English? You know, it's like, oh, you know, how do I pray? How do I enter in? Like, what are the, what's, what's the password? And, and I think that as believers, we think to get to God, it's like trying to get to the Wizard of Oz. Right? We're like knocking on the door. Can I see the wizard today? And the guard's like, what's the password? And we're not sure what the password is. But I'm telling you, we have full access to the Father through Jesus Christ. We, we, we act like we have to go through all this kind of stuff before we can come to the Father. Like I have to, I have to make sure my attitude is right. I have to make sure that my words are right. I have to have my list ready. I have to make sure that I haven't done anything wrong today. Right? I, I can't just come to God when I need to come to God. Like we have to have this certain approach to God. But really, we can come to God wherever we are, whenever we are, and however we are. This is the beauty. And this is why, because Jesus made it to where we could do that. I want to read Hebrews chapter 4 to you today. This is, a great, uh, this is a great passage on our privilege to pray and how we can enter into prayer and why we can come to God at any time, at any point, no matter how we're feeling or how we're acting. He says this, the writer of Hebrews, So then, since we have a great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. He's saying here that Jesus is now our mediator that Jesus is our priest. Like you don't have to go through Pastor Neil to meet with God. You don't have to go through a priest to meet with God. You can go straight to God because of Jesus Christ. He has made you full access. You know, you know what the password is to, to get into the presence of God? Jesus. That's the password. Jesus is the way in. He is the one that made us right. He is the one that allows us to go into the very throne room of the Father because he's our high priest now. This high priest, I love this. This is, this is about our attitude and our approach. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Praise God for that. That Jesus understands our weaknesses. He understands our wrong attitudes, our wrong motives. When we come to God in the wrong way, he understands what we're really dealing with. And I think sometimes we come to God and, and we have our idea what's wrong, but really it's something completely different. God understands our weakness. He understands that we don't have all the right words sometimes. He understands that, that we feel inadequate sometimes. He, he understands our weaknesses because he faced all the same testings we did, yet he did not sin. So why is this so vital for the believer's life? Why is this so vital that, that Jesus went through all these things that we go through, yet he did not sin? It means that he is the perfect priest. He doesn't have to offer up any sins for himself before he can go to the Father. He has direct access to the Father because he is without sin. He's the perfect priest. And so because of that, let us come boldly to the throne room of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. How many of you need mercy today? <laughs> How many of you need grace today? Don't look at your spouse, right? We all need grace. We all need mercy. We, we need this. And I think so many people, we, we feel like we can't come to God because we're not going to receive mercy or grace. Like we're going to receive some kind of judgment. Like God's going to be mad at me. He's going to squash me. He's going to burn me up. I, I hear people when they say, well, I can't go to church because this isn't in their church building. I'm, I'm, you know, it's going to catch on fire or I'm going to catch on fire. Well, if you're in here today, guess what? It's not on fire. But God's, you don't understand God's grace. You don't understand God's mercy. He wants you to come to him and he wants to extend his grace and he wants you to extend his mercy to you. And so because of that, because I know that when I go to the father, that's what I'm going to expect. Mercy and grace. I can come boldly, meaning with confidence. I can walk straight to the father and say, father, here I am today. And all my mess and all, all my sin and all my wrong motives and all the things that I did yesterday. God, here I am today. And I, I, I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for your mercy. And so I, as a believer, I want you to, I want to get this is that, that you can come to him. You don't, you don't have to be perfect. Jesus made you perfect. Through him, you can come to the father. Through, through him, you can enter boldly into the throne room of God. Jesus gives us audience with the king. You can be there because Jesus said you can be there. And that's a beautiful thing. 
I love John 14, 12, 4, 4 through 14. It says this, and this is Jesus' words. It's in red in my Bible, so it must be his words. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And you can ask for anything, say anything, anything. in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So he's saying, just come and ask. Just come and ask through my name. That's the name above all names. That's why when we pray, we end our prayers with what? In Jesus' name. This is why. Because in John, he says, ask in my name and it will happen. And, and so we have to come in confidence. We have to go approach God and say, God, I can be here because Jesus said I can be here. I know I'm not perfect. I know I mess up. I know my motives may be not right, but God, I know that you're going to give me grace and you're going to give me mercy. So enter boldly. So enter boldly. And I think many of us don't pray because we don't think that our words are good enough. That we don't know exactly uh, what we should say because here's the thing. Too often we compare our prayer life with somebody else's prayer life. Have you ever been in like the prayer meeting and you pray or, or somebody next to you prays and they pray really, really good. And now it's your turn and you're sitting there going, what do I pray? I don't want to pray. And, and I find it interesting <coughs> that in those moments when I ask people, hey, can you pray? And they're like, well, I'm not good at praying. Well, it's not if you're good or not. It's not something to be proficient in. It's just simply being who you are. And, and, and many times we don't understand how simple it is to pray. Prayer is just simply asking. Now, I know all of you know how to ask people for things, right? All of you know how to talk to people. I mean, y'all were talking a minute ago. I couldn't y'all be quiet. It's like, okay, sit down, quit talking, quit conversing. All of you know how to keep going on. And so that should be just as natural as our prayer life. But I say, I think we just have this, this thing like there's some barrier between us and God and we have to break it by some magical word or some, something else like that. And often, like I said, we look at other people's prayers and their prayer life and we compare it to our prayer life and then we don't pray at all. There was a comedian, I'm going to show the video, Michael Jr. He talks about when he first got saved and he was asked, to pray. And I think some of us can relate to this video because some of us, we kind of feel this way. We feel really intimidated when somebody prays really good prayers next to us. So go and roll that video.
go. We make it so hard. We make it so difficult, don't we? You know, I think, I think that's our biggest obstacle, even to our faith, is that we compare our lives and our faith to other people's lives and faith. I know I can be a victim of that in my pastor circles. There's men of faith that I look up to, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could pray like that. I wish like my life would emulate their life. But in reality, I don't know what goes on in their life in the background, right? We kind of just see the highlights. We, we, we get to see uh, their, their what I call Instagram life, like all the good stuff. We don't see the, the struggles and the pain. We don't see what's really going on behind the scenes. And too often, and we as believers, we do the same thing. We look at people and we don't realize what they had to go through to get to that point. And in reality, if I had to go through half of the stuff that a lot of those men that I look up to went through to get to where they're at, I don't think I would go through it because they had to go through some really, really tough stuff. But my faith is my faith. Like my walk with Jesus is my walk with Jesus. Your walk with Jesus is your walk with Jesus. How you pray to Jesus may look different than how I pray to Jesus. And that's okay because God loves variety. I mean, look around. God loves it when we just come to him. And I think we make prayer this thing that we have to approach him in such a way, but he's just saying simply come. Come boldly into the throne room. Don't compare. Don't compete. Just simply come into his presence. That's what he wants. And so... The second thing that I, that I think a lot of people don't pray as they ought is because we often think that our prayers don't matter. I mean, some of our theology gets in the way. It's like, well, if God is sovereign and he, he knows what's going to happen before it happens and he's going to do whatever he wants to do, then why even pray? Like, why even bother? And also, we kind of feel like maybe because God hasn't answered your prayer in the past and you're kind of mad about it, you don't, you don't bother to pray again. And then there's some times where we just feel like our problems aren't big enough for, to bring to God. Like, God, it's not really that big a deal. I can, you don't really care about that, do you? But here's the one thing that I've learned about God is he cares about even the tiny details in our life. And he wants us to pray about those tiny details in our life. I've learned the value of praying for specifics. Here's a story I've shared a few times. And I won't get tired of sharing it because it's awesome. When me and my wife were looking for a new vehicle, uh, we uh, were, were looking around, and, and my wife said, hey, you know, with this next vehicle, I really would love a sunroof. I'm like, okay, well, we'll look around for sunroofs. And so we started praying that. I'm like, God, you know what we can afford. You know what, what, what's good for us. And I, and I remember praying, it's like, Lord, and my wife wants a sunroof. And so, God, if you could get that, that would be awesome. And a bit of time passed, and my friend called me. He says, hey, I have a, have a missionary friend. He's about to go back on the field, and he's got a vehicle that he needs to sell. Would you all be interested in it? And I said, well, what kind of vehicle? He tells me it's a, it's a Toyota Camry, so it's big enough for our family. And I was like, well, that's good. Our Toyotas are good cars. And, and I said, well, what color? He said, black. I said, that's even better. And I said, hey, do you know if that thing has a sunroof or not? And he said, well, let me check. So he calls the guy back. and says, yeah, it has a sunroof. I'm like, okay, we'll go look at it. We looked at it. Everything was like right in line with what we needed. If we could afford it, it was what we needed, and it had a sunroof. And I thought when I looked at that car, I'm like, God, are you crazy? Is this ridiculous right now? I'm like, you care even about those silly, silly small things that don't really matter. But you love us enough to give us those things. Scripture tells us, ask, and you will receive God, the, the Father loves to give us good gifts. Jesus said, if you ask the Father for some bread, he's not going to give you a stone. He loves to give his children good gifts. I have another pastor friend of mine who is talking about how he had to learn for, to pray for above and beyond. He was having a hard time, him and his wife, and they needed some, fi- some, some financial help. And so he's praying to guys like, God, I need, I need some income. I need some help here. And I just need a job to do. And so out of the blue, somebody calls him and said, hey, do you know how to install a water heater? And he said, yeah, I can do that. And I remember him telling me that he needed in this exact amount. So he said, Lord, I need this exact amount to pay for these bills this week. And so, Lord, would you just provide for that? 
And so these people call him out of the blue. They say, can you uh, install water heater? He goes, yes. He installs it. Didn't tell him how much. Didn't even ask, right? They didn't even ask. And so he installs it. And they said, well, how much do you want for this? And he says, well, whatever you want to pay me. That's fine. And when they wrote the check, it was the exact amount that he needed. And that was great. I'm like, that's awesome, man. He goes, but wait, wait, wait. it gets better. I said, okay. And so he said, the Lord checked me that week. And he said, you know, I had more for you if you would have asked for it. And he's like, what? He's like, I had, I had more for you if you would have asked for it. And, and that really convicted him. And so he said, this is my prayer now when I pray for things. Lord, I know that you're good and I need this exact amount. But anything you want to do after that, I'm okay with. <laughs> and I've learned to do that too. I'm like, God, this is what, this is what we really need. But anything you want to do after that, Lord, it's bonus. And I trust you with it because I know that you're a good God. So we can expect God to answer our prayers. And here's why. Jeremiah 29, 12, that, that he hears us. We love the passage before it, right? We all have that on our, maybe on your refrigerator. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Right? We love that one. But we fail to read the ones before it. And sometimes the ones after that. But it keep, because Jeremiah is telling the people that the thing you were in captivity for so long because God was trying to bring you back, but he, he, he put you in captivity because he has a good plan for you. And this is with a plan. He wants you to come back to him. And that's what verse 12 says. Then you will call upon me. When you come back, you're going to call upon me and pray to me and I will hear you. This is a comfort to me because it says that he will hear me, that God hears me. And here's the number one reason why we should pray. When people ask, why should I pray? This is the reason, because he hears you, because he listens. And that's an amazing thought to me, that God listens to my prayers, that God cares about even the small things, that God answers my prayers, and, and that somehow my prayers activate God's kingdom here on this earth and that God even changes his mind for me. And that's another thought. We see in scripture, 2 Kings 20, verse 1 through 6, Hezekiah becomes sick and he's, he's going to die. And he inquires of the Lord. The Lord tells him, you're going to die. But then we, as we read this, you're going to see that as he repent, as he comes and begs for his life, that God changes his mind and gives him 15 more years. In those days, in verse 20, chapter 20, verse 1, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die. It doesn't say you're going to maybe die. You're going to die. And you shall not recover. This is the Lord saying this. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the, and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I've walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle of the court, the word of the Lord came back to him. He said, turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. And then he goes on, I have seen your tears. This is the intimacy of our God that he hears us and he sees us. He sees our tears. He sees your tears. He sees what you're going through. He knows what's in your heart and he hears us. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend the city for my own sake and for my David's Sir, and my servant David's sake. Look, I can't explain how our prayers influence the Lord, but it's very clear that God does miracles on account of our prayers. In the Exodus story, we see God about to wipe out the people on the bottom of the mountain. Moses is up on the mountain speaking with the Lord. The Lord is giving him the Ten Commandments. He's giving him all the laws. And down below during that 40 days, the people are going crazy. They're, they're at the bottom of the mountain saying, Moses went up 40 days ago. I don't know if he's alive or not. I don't know what this God is. Hey, Aaron, you're our priest. Fashion us a God. 
And so they make this golden calf and start worshiping the golden calf and start having a big party. And so God looks down and he's like, Moses, I'm going to kill these people. Like, I brought them out of Egypt. I split the Red Sea for them. I conquered Pharaoh's army for them. I did plagues in front of them. And yet here they are and they turn their back on me. Moses, I'm going to kill these people. And, and Moses pleads on their behalf. And he says, Lord, these are your people. These are your chosen people. Please have mercy. And God relents. The actual word here is God repents. We see over and over in Scripture where God repents. And maybe in your mind, like, God repents. That word repent simply means to change his mind. God was going to do something else, but through the prayers of people, he changed his mind and did something else. Look, I'm not here to debate theology. I'm not here to debate doctrine with you, but I'm telling you over 30 times in Scripture, it says that God changed his mind because people prayed. I don't know how it works. I don't know. I don't have the magic words or anything like that. I just know that when we pray, God listens. And that when we pray, God, in his sovereignty, changes his mind. He takes our prayers into consideration. And when you truly believe that God can change his mind, when you truly believe that God can step in in, in a situation and do a miracle, when you truly believe that God hears you and God listens to you and that God truly sees your tears, then you can pray and believe it. Pray with belief. People in Scripture prayed with belief. And in Scripture, Joshua was fighting this vast army, and he had till the end of the night, to, the end of the day, to, get, to wipe them out. And he prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord, let the sun stand still. And the sun stood still. Hannah prayed for a baby for years and years and years. And she prayed because she believed that God heard her prayers, that God saw her tears. And eventually she conceived and she gave birth to Samuel. Daniel was a praying man. He prayed daily. And because Daniel was a praying man, God delivered him from the lion's mouth. King David prayed. He was a praying man, despite his flaws, despite how many times he messed up. David believed that God heard his prayers. And because of that, the Lord established his throne forever. Elijah the prophet prayed, and he stopped the rain for three and a half years. Scripture says that he was a man just like anybody else. But because he believed the Lord and he prayed, the Lord shut up the heavens for three and a half years. It didn't rain. And then he gets back on his face, he prays, and it rains. The first church prayed because they believed that God heard their prayers and that God saw their tears. And, and they prayed with boldness, and they prayed for miracles. The scripture is very clear in, in the book of Acts that, that the, the, the disciples were out preaching the word of God. They were healing people and the religious leaders didn't like it. And they said, you better stop this name of Jesus stuff. If you come back here and mention Jesus again, we're going to kill you and we're going to kick you out, the rest of your people out of the city. And in response to that, they didn't go cry and they didn't get angry. They went back to their, to their people. They got in on their face to the Lord and they prayed this prayer. God, consider their threats. Consider what they're about to do to us. They hate you. They hate your servant. They hate us. God, now we need boldness to preach. We need boldness to go right back into the face of the enemy and do what you called us to do. And then not even that, more than that, open your hand to do miracles, God. More miracles. The thing that got us in trouble, let us do more of that. And because of those bold prayers of these disciples that truly believed that God could do something and intervene, we're standing here today. Because these men and these women didn't give up. They prayed and they believed that God would give them boldness. Jesus himself prayed because he knew that the Father heard his prayers. I think so many of us fail to receive from God because we don't really believe that he can answer our prayers. And then we just fail not to ask. James 4.2 very clearly says that you have not because you ask not. I don't know how many blessings I've forfeited in my life because I didn't ask. I have the idea that, well, God doesn't care about that. It's not a big deal. Or quite the opposite. That's too big for God, which is kind of a ridiculous thought. But often we think that. It's like, well, God can't handle this. Or maybe I can handle this. When you humble yourself and pray, God steps in. And so the other question we have that keeps us from, from praying and receiving is, what if I pray and he doesn't answer my prayers? 
I don't know about you, but I've prayed prayers and God didn't answer them. Well, he did, just not the way I wanted. God always answers prayers. He always gives us three answers. Yes, no, and later. And it's in the no's that we feel like it's when we take it personal. When God tells me no, when, when God doesn't step in, when God doesn't do what I want, that's when I can tend to, to step back and say, well, God, I'm not going to pray anymore because you didn't heal this, you didn't do that, and, and now I, I don't think that you care about me. And I'm telling you, when God withholds something, there's usually something better attached to the end of that. And, and I want to I read this. When God doesn't answer your prayers, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he loves us that he sometimes answers our prayers differently than we want. When I was a kid, I would ask my mom for many, many things, especially when I go to the grocery store. Mom, can I have the candy bar? Mom, can I have the soda? Hey, mom, can I have this? Mom, can I have that? And my mom's response most of the time was no. Just like our responses with our kids. Now, was it because my mom didn't love me? Was it because my mom didn't want me to have nice things or good things? No, it's because my mother loved me that she said no. It's because she knew that there was better things in store for me. Man, look, if, if my mom would have gave me everything I would have asked for and let me do everything that I wanted to do and never told me no, I would probably not be alive today. Because I've asked for some really stupid things. And I've wanted to do some really dumb things. But my mother loved me enough to tell me no. And so when you love somebody, love reserves the right to say no. We don't like no. But sometimes no is for our own good. And here's one thing I've learned. That his no now often leads to a better yes later. And we can tend to get angry at God and mad at God because he doesn't answer our prayers right now. But he's, he knows more than we know. He knows our whole life. God has an eternal perspective. We don't. And often the things that he said no to me now was because he was laying up something better later. I could think about just me being the pastor of this church right now. My idea, my want was to go plant a church somewhere else. And I tried to do that for years. I was trying to get a team together and just stuff never lined up, stuff never happened. And so I started getting frustrated with God. But that was my prayer. That's what I wanted. That's not what God wanted. And, and, and I could have in this moment when, when I had the opportunity to take this church, I could have been mad at God and said, well, God, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm going to leave the ministry. Or I say, God, you must have a better plan. And he did. And because of that, here we are today. And God is moving through our community through you guys. See, I don't have the answer. I don't know all the ins and outs. God knows. God has the eternal perspective. Look, I can't tell you why God heals some people and doesn't heal others. I can't tell why you got, God stops certain things and doesn't stop others. I don't know or understand and comprehend God's ways, but I do understand that God is sovereign and that God knows more than I know and that God has a story that he's writing that's so much bigger than mine. And because of that, I simply have to trust and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but God, I'm trusting in you. Because when my mom told me no, I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity to be angry and to throw a fit, which never led to anything good. Or I could say, okay, mom, you must know what's best for me. And so that needs to be our approach with the Lord. And don't let, because his, don't let his non-answer keep you from praying for other things. Just trust that his no may be setting up for a better yes. Or maybe we want something that's not really good for us but we don't know it's not good for us. And his no is really protecting us. And so here's another reason why people don't pray as they should. I don't have the time to pray. That's the biggest excuse people say. I don't have the time. Look, we're all busy. We all got things to do. And I think if we, if we took a poll in here right now, everyone would say, I wish I had more time to pray because I feel like I wish I had more time to pray. But here's the thing. We all have the same amount of time in a day. We just don't utilize it like we should. I want to tell you a story about a woman named Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, who formed the Methodist Church and the Westland Movement. 
And, and they were powerhouses uh, in the faith, and they shaped nations. They even shaped a lot of our hymns today. And, and Susanna Wesley, she was a busy mom. She had 19 kids. Okay. 10 made it to adulthood. I don't know what happened. No, you know. But she had, she had at least 10 kids around her at all times. She was a very busy woman. But Susanna Wesley found time to be with the Lord. And here's what she did. Here's how she found time with the Lord. Because back then, in, in that period, you were like, if mom was this teacher, she raised the kids, she taught the kids. She was an educated woman, so she taught them the Bible. She taught them uh, how to, you know, mathematics and all this stuff. She was the teacher, but she was also the home take care, you know, taking care of the home. She was a busy woman. She had a lot of kids. And so there was no quiet place, right? You got 10, 19 kids running around. There's no such thing as a quiet place. So here's what she would do. She would take her apron and throw it over her head. And she would pray. And the rule in the house is if mom has the apron over her head, don't bother her. And she would take that apron over her head and she would pray for an hour for her kids. And not only that, she would also spend another hour in devotion and personal study with the Lord. And Susanna had just as much time as we did. The, the, the problem is, is we don't take the time to do the things that are important. Prayer is the most vital thing in your life. If you don't keep that, if you don't keep that scheduled time of the Lord, every other time in your life is going to be more difficult. And there's many times that I've taken my list of things to do, and I've lifted it to God, and I said, God, this is my list of things. It's big. I don't know if I have what it takes to get it done today, Lord, but I'm inviting you into my day. Help me with this. And every time I've done that, I've got that list done. And most of the times I don't do that, I don't get that list done. There's something powerful about inviting the Lord into your day. And so people tell me, you know, or ask, hey, what time of day should I pray? And I joke and I say, well, do you want to pray for help or do you want to pray for forgiveness? If you pray in the morning, you're praying for help. Pray at night, maybe you're praying for forgiveness. No, there's nearly no time, wrong time to pray. Pray when you can. Do you have five minutes? Pray. Look, I, I get it. You with kids, I, there's, no, there's no such thing as sanctity in the home, right? Even the bathroom. Right? You can't get away from your kids. They're needy. But you got to find time. You got to make the time. Do you have a long car ride to work? Do you have a commute? That's a perfect time to pray. Make sure your eyes are open, right? <laughs> That's a perfect time to meet with the Lord. But I don't know where you have time. I mean, you may think you don't, you may think I don't have any time, but I'm telling you, open up your phone, look at your screen time, and I guarantee you, you got some time. I mean, I'm talking to myself here. I, I waste so much time without even realizing it. I doom scroll like no, everybody else, right? And then you look up 30 minutes later, like, man, what was I even looking at? What was I doing? Why did I get on here? Oh, yeah, I was checking my calendar, right? So it happens. So we got to take the time to pray. We all have time. We all have time. We just don't make it. We got to take the time to pray. And lastly, people don't pray as they should because we just don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Well, today we're going to help you with that. We're going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to go through a, the Lord's Prayer with you. I'm going to teach you how to use that as a model for prayer today. I, I know this, when, when people come to me, especially when they first get saved, that's the number one question they ask is, how do I pray? What do I pray about? And because prayer can be intimidating. But the Lord is good enough to give us a template to teach us to pray. Prayer was so powerful with the Lord that his disciples saw Jesus' prayer life and asked Jesus, how do we pray like you pray? Lord, teach us how to pray. And he taught them this prayer. It's in Matthew 6. 5 through 13. It's also recorded in Luke, but I took the one out of Matthew 6. And I'm reading out the New King James Version, so you know it's the legitimate version, right? It's the New King. I guess it was the KJV. It would probably be a little more legit. But this is, this is the prayer. We all know it, and we're all taught it. But this is what Jesus says about prayer. He teaches us about prayer here. He goes, and when you pray, again, when you pray, it's expected. You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, 
that they may be seen by men. And I want to tell you, when, when people ask you to pray, maybe in a gathering, you're not praying to them. And I think that's the first thing in our mind is what are they going to think? Get rid of that thought and just say, Lord, I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to close my eyes and forget these people are here. And I'm just going to pray straight to you. Surely I say to you, they have the reward, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's something about our private life with the Lord, that he takes what we do in private, and he makes it public. When we pray in private, we reap in public. It's this reaping and sowing. When we fast in private, we see good things in public. The Lord lifts you up. The Lord is the one that, that, like I talked about last week, the Lord is the one that raises you, not us. And so when we do things in private, God reveals things in public. And he goes, and when you pray in, in, in private, he'll reward you. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. Just say what you need. <laughs> Just say what you want. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. In other words, don't compare yourself to other people. For your father knows the things you need before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. He says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When I don't know what to pray, I go back to this. And I start praying this model. And I really never get past, let your kingdom come and your will be done. But many times when I don't know what to pray, I'll just start praying to the Lord's prayer. And it helps me pray. When people ask me, as a pastor, hey, can you disciple me? Can you teach me how to pray? I lead them through this prayer. And I teach them how powerful it is and what's inside this prayer. Because inside this one prayer, there's many prayers, many types of prayers. And so what types of prayers do we see in this? We see a prayer of adoration. We see a prayer of intercession. We see a prayer of petition. You may like, what's adoration, what's intercession? Adoration is basically us giving praise to God. It's giving him honor. It's giving him worth. It's posturing ourselves to him. What is intercession? Intercession is us uh, interceding, or, or it, it means to be, to be the go-between. That's what intercession means, to be the go-between. We're going between other people. Like today, many of you are going to be praying for the cowboys. That's intercession, okay? That's intercession or the go-between. What is petition? Petition is simply asking. I'm coming to you. I need this petition. We also see a prayer of repentance and confession. We see a prayer of consecration in this prayer. What is consecration? It just means, God, make me clean, make me pure, help me walk in your ways. And then we see a prayer of thanksgiving at the end. And so I'm going to teach you how to pray this together, and I'm going to pray with you through this. And so I'm going to walk through this first, break down those types of prayers and how we are to enter into those things, and then we're going to practice. Is that okay? It's going to be good. So let's open this up. The Lord's Prayer. My Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. This is a prayer of adoration. This is a prayer. This is us posturing ourselves, reminding ourselves that our God is big enough and bad enough to handle anything that comes at us. Like he can handle it. He is holy. He knows what's right. He knows what's good. He knows what I don't know. And so, Lord, I can come to you in confidence because you are holy. It's a prayer of adoration. Lord, you're so good. Who is like you? You created the world. This is adoration. These are words of adoration. These are words of praise. And then he goes on to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is praying the kingdom here to earth. When you intercede on behalf of somebody else, you're asking the Lord, God, bring heaven into their life. Bring heaven into my life. Intercession is really the privilege of the believer. It's the, it's the call. It's the responsibility of the believer. We are called to bring heaven to earth. Our prayers bring heaven to earth in people's lives. Think about what's in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no divorce in heaven. There is no tears in heaven. There is no sorrow 
in heaven. There is no anxiety in heaven. And so when we pray and intercede for people, we're praying, God, make it just like heaven in their life. Make it just like heaven in my marriage. Make it just like heaven in my kids' relationships with, with me. God, make it just like heaven in my health. We're interceding and we're asking God's kingdom to come on earth in that situation as it is in heaven. So you can see where a lot of people kind of stay there for a little while. There's a lot of interceding. And then it goes on to say, give us today our daily bread. This is more than just food for the day. I think when we pray this, we think as well, God, just give me my cereal in the morning and I'll be good. But no, this is, this is what do you need today? What do you need today? Do you need grace? Do you need mercy? Do you need peace? Do you need wisdom? Do you need time? Management? Like, what do you need today? Ask the Lord. He's going to give it to you. And, and notice in each of these, it's a plural. Forgive us. Give us. So this prayer is not just for us. It's for us to pray for other people as well. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This is a prayer of repentance. This is a prayer of confession. This is saying, God, forgive me for what I did yesterday. Forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me for not following up. Forgive me for not doing these. these this is the time of confession with the Lord. Forgive me of my sins, God. And then you go on and you pray and you say, God, help me forgive those people who I've, have sinned against me. And I think so often we don't think about people who offend us and we kind of carry it around with us. And it gets in our souls. Doing this daily helps us to kind of cleanse that and say, Lord, so-and-so yesterday, you know, I, they said something and it just really got to me. And I didn't realize how it affected me and I'm being unforgiven, unforgiving about that. So Lord, I pray that you would forgive them. I release that. I forgive them. And it's really a strong prayer because what if God only forgave us like we forgave other people? That's what he says. Forgive us as we forgive others. And so the need for us to forgive people is huge. And so it's a good thing to do a daily forgiveness exercise. And then he goes on to say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer of consecration. This is a prayer of saying, God, keep me pure. Let me walk in your ways. Keep me on the right path, Lord. God, throughout my day, Lord, let me follow you in all of my ways. Let my family follow you in all of your ways. God, I consecrate my life. I consecrate these people's lives to you. And then he goes on, ends. Some versions don't have this, but the New King James does. For your, yours is the kingdom and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is just giving thanks. I mean, think about it. It's, it's really back to praise. Starts with praise, ends with praise. God, thank you that you are big enough to handle my prayers. Thank you, God, that you, it's for your kingdom, it's for your glory, and it's, and it's forever and ever. Amen. And so I'm going to lead you guys through this prayer. And so I'm going to ask you to stand up, and we're just going to walk through this. So whatever you need today, just pray in your own way. I'm going to pray my own prayer, but don't look at me and say, well, Neil's praying for me. No. You got to pray. This is an exercise in prayer. So we're going to walk through this. And I'm just going to basically do it like I do it. But you make it your own. So prayer of adoration. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Lord, you are holy. God, you created the heavens and the earth. God, you are all powerful. God, you love my family. You see things that I don't see because you sit on the throne in heaven and you are above all things. You're above all powers, all principalities. God, you are above all things. And because of that, I can come to you and trust you that you're going to hear me. And God, because you're holy, I know that you know what's best. And so I come to you today. Then we go to intercession. Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will be done in, these, in this church today, God, that these people would know you, God, that heaven would touch their lives. God, that marriages would be healed today. 
God, that the bodies would be healed today, God, that, that, that calls of ministry would be reignited in them, God, that heaven would touch their lives today, Father God. Let heaven touch my family. Let heaven touch my marriage. God, let heaven touch this ministry. God, let heaven touch our community, God. It's hurting. It's lost. There's violence. God, would you bring heaven into our community today, God? Would you change the atmosphere? God, let your will be done perfectly in Weatherford, Texas, as it's done in heaven. Let your will be done perfectly in Waterhouse Church. It is done in heaven. Let your will be done perfectly in my life as it is in heaven. God, interject heaven. Petition, give me today my daily bread. Father, give me what I need today. Give my family what they need today. Give my kids peace. Give my kids wisdom. Give my kids an understanding of your love for them. Give my wife what she needs today, God. Give her strength and courage. Give her boldness. Lord, give this church what they need today, Lord. Give them belief. Give them hope. Give them mercy. God, there's so many people that are hopeless today sitting in this church today. They don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Lord, give them hope. God, I pray that our community today would have what they need, God, the physical needs and the spiritual needs. God, I pray for those today that are out on the cold, that you would warm them, that you would find them a warm place. And Lord, if you give us the opportunity to do that, then Lord, let us not reject that opportunity. Thank you, God, that you give us our daily needs. Repentance and confession. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, forgive me for my wrong attitudes. Forgive me for my wrong motives, for my wrong thoughts. Forgive me, Lord, for taking you for granted. Forgive me, Lord, for approaching you without thinking. Lord, forgive my family, forgive this church. Forgive us, God, for making things routine and mechanical. For not taking our role seriously. For not realizing the power that we have in our lives and in this church. And for not wielding it properly. Forgive us, Lord, for not trusting you and not believing you. God, we sang that song. And I believe it, and I believe it, and many people do not believe it today. God, forgive them. Give them belief. Forgive us. And Lord, I forgive those that have hurt me. I forgive those who have offended me. I forgive those who even talked about me, and I don't know that they talked about me. God, I release that. I don't want to carry anything but love for these people. And God, I pray right now, Lord, I forgive anybody who is mad at us. I forgive those who hate your church. I forgive those who speak evil of us. Lord, you touch them. You lift them up. You save them, Lord. You give them life. Consecration, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I pray that you would keep our paths on the right way. God, that we keep our eyes on you today, that we would not look to other people, but Lord, that we would look to you. Help me, Lord, to do exactly what you want me to do today. Help me not to be tempted to to shrink back, to not have courage. Help me to not be tempted to pray with my family today. Help me to not be tempted, God, to, to take the easy way out. Help me today, Lord, to not be tempted to become angry or bitter. Help me, Lord, to not be angry. Help me, Lord, to to just walk in your ways, God. Walk in love, walk in mercy, walk in grace. Help me, Lord, to pray. Help me to fast. Help me to, to praise. Help me to worship. God, give us the heart of a worshiper in this place. Thank you, Lord. Because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power forever 
and ever. Amen. God, we worship you. We praise you because you're worthy of it. Lord, you have answered our prayers, and we believe that you answer our prayers. So thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us, that gave us the right to come and ask these things and, and declare it and be bold about it and be confident that you hear us. Lord, I thank you that you hear us. And I thank you it's for your kingdom and not ours. It's for your name's sake, not mine. And we trust you in all these things. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen.